During Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, the Lord has blessed you and is with you. But Mary was very startled by what the angel said and wondered what this greeting might mean. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you his grace. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor. He will rule over the people of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. God can do anything. Well, good morning. Good to see you this morning. My name is Josh, if you don't know me, one of the pastors here. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online as well. And welcome to all the kids. Glad to have you guys with us today. Let's hear for the kids. Where are they? They're from them even, yeah. Good to see you guys. And uh, look at you getting to come to big church today. Big church, quote unquote, right? I think you guys have more fun than we do sometimes back there. But we're really glad you're with us today. Hey, we're starting a new series because it's Advent already. You know what Advent means? It just means coming, arrival. And it's, it's a season in the church calendar where uh, we just celebrate and remember the arrival of Jesus. And what's incredible is the way he chose to arrive. Now, Jesus is fully God. He's existed, uh, he has existed forever. He's eternal. He's in every way God, just like the Father is God, just like the Holy Spirit is God. And he's the Son, part of the Trinity. Now, if you were God, how would you show up into your creation? My son likes to build Legos. Charlie and I will build Legos together. He builds them with his mom too. And imagine, those of you who are kids, right, especially if you have your Legos, if you could build your Lego set and then make yourself step down and become a Lego guy and rule over your Lego world. How would you arrive? I would arrive, I don't know about you, I think most of us would probably arrive with a good sense of power. I'm in charge here, I made this, I made you. Look at me, right? But that's not at all how God arrives. When Jesus puts on flesh and becomes human and steps into the world that he created, that he spoke into existence, he comes not in power, but in humility and with great vulnerability. And so what we're going to do, he actually comes through a young teenage girl named Mary, born as a baby. And so we're gonna look at Christmas from the perspective of Mary this year. Mary's got a unique perspective on Christmas, one that no one else in history has or ever will have. It'll be fascinating to talk to her one day in heaven and meet her and find out what was that like? But until then, we can read about it. And God's given us some clues in his word and we can use our imagination of what would it have been like to be a young girl, unwed mother. So with that, let me pray. 
And then we're gonna dive into the text this morning in Luke chapter one and look at Mary's Christmas. Father, thanks for Jesus. Thanks for your great love for us, your compassion toward us. And Jesus, that you came um, the first time with great humility so that you could love us and show your love for us. And, and not just in a superficial sense, but in a sense where Jesus, you know what it's like to be us, to be one of your creation. In every way you lived a human life. And so in every way you can sympathize with our weakness and you can care for us and, and know us deeply. Holy Spirit, I pray as we look at the experience of Mary that first Christmas, uh, you'd open our eyes just to some things about her that are pretty remarkable. And then you'd help us to, to, uh, to learn from that and, and live with the same type of faith, the same type of courage that this young girl did in those days. Father, thanks for Jesus. Help us by your spirit today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, uh, if you got your Bible, open up with me to Luke chapter one. And uh, we're gonna be in Luke chapter one and we're gonna start uh, in verse 26 of Luke chapter one. And uh, verse 26 starts this way. Uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, uh, it starts off kind of strange because I'm picking it up mid-story. If you look at your text, if you've got a Bible in front of you, you'll see uh, that there's a story before this of how Gabriel also showed up to uh, a guy named Zechariah. And he and his wife, uh, he was a priest, he was serving in the temple that week, and he and his wife were, forgive me, old. They were old. I mean, uh, they had been barren and without children for decades upon decades in their 80s. And, and God uh, miraculously sends Gabriel to Zechariah in the temple and says, hey, hey, hey Zach, you're, you're gonna have a child. <laughs> Really? No, come on. We're gonna see that here in a moment, his response. But, but God does this and then uh, Elizabeth gets pregnant and so that's where the story picks up here. The sixth month is the sixth month of Elizabeth, her pregnancy. Well, during that month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Just as he had been sent to Zechariah, now he's sent but, but notice where we learn of where he's sent. We don't hear right away that he's sent to Mary. We hear first the place he's sent to. We, all these other things that he was, uh, let's just keep reading here. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name, there she is finally, was Mary. And he came and he said to her, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Well, if we're gonna talk about Mary for a few weeks, let's just start off talking about Mary. About Mary. Uh, Mary, I mentioned, you know, did you, did you notice all the things that was said uh, about Gabriel's arrival before we ever got to her name? That he, he was sent from God. He uh, came to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. He came to a virgin. There she is, but we still don't know her name. Don't know anything about her but that she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. We hear about him first. And that his line is in the house of David. And oh, and by the way, Luke says, the virgin's name, her name was Mary. 
I think that's kind of interesting to, to point out just because Mary's life was one up until this point and really for most of it afterwards that was lived in total obscurity. Total obscurity. Let's go back and unpack some of this. Um, first off, let's just think about what this would have been like if you're a young teenage girl to have uh, an angel appear to you. The angel Gabriel. Now that might not mean a lot unless we go back to the Old Testament and get a picture of what Gabriel looks like. Gabriel is mentioned a handful of times in, the, in scripture. He's one of only two angels that are named. And uh, he shows up also in Daniel chapter eight. Now, let's look back at this, this description. Again, imagine you're a, you're a young girl and this angel shows up to you. Here's how Daniel described it as a young man. As I, Daniel, was trying to understand the meaning of this vision, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me. Not a man, but he looked like a man. And I heard a voice, a human voice, calling out from the Ulai River, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of his vision. Gabriel had had a dream and he was asking God for help of, you know, how do I understand this? And God sends the same angel, Gabriel, to Daniel in the Old Testament to help him understand it. And then Daniel keeps describing it. As Gabriel approached the place where I was standing, I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. That tells me uh, Gabriel's an intimidating dude, doesn't it? Son of man, Gabriel said. In other words, human, uh, you must understand that the events that you've seen in your revision, in your vision, relate to the time of the end. And while I was, while he was speaking, Gabriel said, I fainted, and I, I just lay there with my face to the ground. But as scary as Gabriel must have been, look at how gentle he is. But Gabriel roused me with a touch, and he helped me to my feet. This is the guy who shows up to Mary out of nowhere. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God, ultimately to Mary. Now, uh, look what else we read though. Uh, he was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, city is stretching it a little bit for Nazareth. The town I grew up in uh, was a lot like Milford, maybe a little bit bigger, closer to 2,000 people. And it was the city of Alta, right? Like, like that's just the name of the town. Well, I move out here and Milford is the town of Milford. And so Hannah makes fun of me all the time whenever I refer to it as the city of Milford. She's like, I'm not a city. What are you talking about? Well, I'm telling you, if, if Milford's not a city, Nazareth is not a city. Nazareth at this time is a few hundred people. It's a couple, uh, uh, maybe about 20 miles or so south or west, southwest of the Sea of Galilee in the hill country in a rocky area. And in the day of Mary here, it was nothing. Today, it's a city of about 80,000 people, but at this time, it was maybe a couple hundred at most. In Mary's day, it was like Clunet. Today, maybe it's more like South Bend, but in Mary's day, Clunet. It was nothing. Do you know Nazareth isn't even mentioned in the Old Testament? It's not mentioned by any of the scholars sometimes we look to to, to find out the events of the Bible, you know, or at least the history surrounding it, I should say like Josephus or in the Apocrypha or the Talmud. And why would that be? Do you wanna know why? Because no one important ever came 
from Nazareth. No one did. It's one of those places too that you don't, uh, you don't really probably find on purpose. You just happen to discover it because you're lost. That's Nazareth. Small town in the middle of nowhere, a small farming community. And the homes there were small in the 500 to 600 to 700 foot square, square foot range. And that often, by the way, included space for your livestock. Very simple rural people. Most were likely illiterate. This is where Mary's from. And God sends Gabriel, not to the big city, but to the tiny little town. He sends him there. Nazareth, by the way, means, uh, literally, I think it means shoot town. Uh, it would, uh, and curiously in Isaiah, we read about the coming of Jesus that would come forth a shoot. It's the same root as the word Nazareth, Netzer, from the stump of Jesse. That's talking about Jesus. So Jesus will come, he'll be the shoot of Jesse and he's gonna grow up in shoot town. That's Nazareth. Well, in the sixth month, Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, small village, and he was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Well, let's talk about Mary and Joseph a little bit here. She's betrothed to Joseph. Your your translation uh, might read engaged or promised to him. In this day, do you know people were married as young, engaged and, and even married some as young as 12 years old. And almost all of them were married by the time they were 17 to 18 years old. So if Mary is betrothed to Joseph, she's somewhere in that 12 to 17 year old range. I'd imagine there's a handful of girls about that age in the room today. You're Mary's age. Imagine Gabriel appears to you and says, you're gonna have a child. Can you imagine? I mean, Mary was potentially barely even able to conceive and give birth to a child at her age, depending on how young she actually was. But she was betrothed to Joseph. And this carries a lot more than engagement. It was really, she was basically married, except they weren't yet living together. They were promised, everything was done, but the final consummation of their marriage. Where Joseph would finish building a house, she would move in with him, and then they'd consummate their marriage and and move on. They were basically married, just not yet together. And and we read that Joseph is of the house of David because Jesus would uh, be the fulfillment of God's promise to David that there would be a king who's gonna sit on your throne and rule on your throne, David, forever. And and Luke mentions this fact to, to assure us that this one who's coming comes through the line of David. Now, uh, there's some things about Mary, some more things maybe you'd be, find curious. One, I mentioned she was so young. By the way, think about it. This means that at Jesus' crucifixion, Mary was in her early to mid 40s, maybe a little younger. She was pure. She was a virgin. She was sexually pure. She was probably pretty poor. Nobody in Nazareth had a lot of wealth. Surely her family didn't either. And I mentioned uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah earlier. We'll hear from we'll hear about Elizabeth here again in a moment at the end of our passage today. But Elizabeth is Mary's relative. 
We don't know if that means her cousin, her, probably more likely her aunt. And Elizabeth, we read earlier in chapter one that Elizabeth uh, was a descendant of Aaron, one of the daughters of Aaron, meaning uh, Elizabeth came from a priestly line. Now, I don't know how Elizabeth was related to Mary if she was the sister of either her mom or her dad, but that means there's, uh, there's the reality that Mary too came from a priestly line. And there's a very good possibility that her dad would have been the priest in the small synagogue of the small town of Nazareth. So do you got it? 14, 15 year old girl, small town, everybody knows each other. Uh, Country girl, pure. Her dad is potentially a pastor and she's gonna be pregnant before she's completely married. Woo! Some of you grew up in a small town You know what that's gonna be like, don't you? The pastor's daughter? This is what Mary has in front of her. But God shows his incredible grace to Mary. Look at what Gabriel says. When he came to her, here's here's his first words to Mary. Greeting, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. This is a pretty phenomenal statement. Gabriel calls Mary, oh, favored one. Why? Uh, well, the, the word here, favored, is the exact same word in Greek, if we could see underneath it, as grace, charis. Greetings, oh, graced one. What's grace? It's undeserved favor, unmerited favor. There wasn't anything uh, that Mary had done to earn God's favor. God simply bestowed it on her. And uh, God shows Mary favor. And then uh, her, that grace led to her living it out in faithfulness. So uh, now we've introduced Mary. We're gonna look at what Mary does here. Mary shows faithfulness to God's call on her life. Now remember, I mentioned that call. She's gonna have a baby and she's young and it's gonna be out of wedlock in a small town. Well, uh, Mary, all she'd heard was the greetings so far. She hadn't heard all this, but she was greatly troubled at the saying. Remember Daniel? He was frightened and fell on his face. Mary has, a, ha, has her wits about her a little more than Daniel, evidently, when Gabriel shows up. And uh, she was so troubled at the saying, and I think maybe more than the saying was probably, based on what happens next year, more just the fact that Gabriel is standing in front of her. She tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be, and, um, and the angel said to her, verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There that is again. You found favor with him. Do you know what a great promise that is for all of your life, from the time you're young, through the rest of your life, even especially at your, your deathbed, to know you found favor in God's eyes, grace from him. Uh, this happened with Noah as well. Uh, the exact same language was used of Noah. By the way, before it ever says Noah walked with God, it says, the text tells us Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And then he walked with God. 
God totally showed his grace to Noah. He totally shows his grace and favor to Mary, to this young girl. And he says to her through Gabriel, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. And now we're gonna see that Mary is faithful in living out that favor. So what does faithfulness look like? I said Mary's faithful. We'll see that a little bit this morning, but we'll especially see it over the coming weeks, her faithfulness. Well, in, in, in summary, maybe in a couple words, being faithful means being loyal and being steadfast. Loyal and steadfast. It also means resilience. Faithfulness can, right? Pressing on when life is the hardest, when circumstances are the hardest and everything is most draining. Faithfulness is steadiness. Just putting one foot in front of the other, day by day, come what may. It's continuing. That's, that's faithfulness. Continuing. Even on the days I don't feel like it. I have days I don't feel like it. How about you? Faithfulness is continuing to follow the Lord, being steadfast and loyal to him. You know, um, Mary is faithful to God's call in her life. We're gonna see that. She presses on in the midst of some pretty daunting things. And, and she remains consistent that no, God has come to me through Gabriel. I'm gonna be faithful to him. He showed his faithfulness to me. And we can do the same. Look at what Gabriel now says is going to happen in her life. He says to Mary, behold, uh, you will conceive in your womb and you'll bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus. I wonder how long this whole conversation went and if Luke is just kind of giving us the main highlights of what he said, maybe there was more to the conversation, but uh, Mary, you're gonna have a son. Really? That's fantastic. I can't wait because Joseph and I are engaged. We're, we're in, in love and we can't wait to have kids. And we've talked about this and we were really hoping our firstborn would be a son. That's fantastic, really? Gabriel's like, yeah, it is. Um, and he's gonna be great. You're gonna name him Jesus, he's gonna be great. Um, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Well, at some point in that conversation, uh, Gabriel broke it to Mary that, well, you're gonna have a son and he's gonna be great and God's gonna do awesome things through him. Uh, but it's gonna be before you have any children with Joseph. <laughs> and uh, look what Mary says. Uh, sorry, I'm a slide behind there, my apologies. Mary said uh, to the angel, how will this be? I'm a virgin. Literally, I haven't known a man yet. I haven't slept with anyone. How am I gonna give birth to a son? Now, Mary's question here, you might be going, okay, hold on, Josh. You said she was faithful, full of faith. Why is she questioning Gabriel? Well, there's two ways of questioning God. There's one that's full of faith and one that's filled with doubt. In chapter one, when Gabriel showed up to Zechariah, remember he's old, 
His wife is old. She's been barren for decades upon decades. And uh, she's gonna have a child, Gabriel tells Zechariah. Look at Zechariah's response. He said to the angel, well, how will I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years. Now, that sounds kind of like maybe Mary's question. How will this be? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin. Except look at Gabriel's response to Zechariah versus what we're gonna see in his response to Mary in a moment. Gabriel answered him, well, Zechariah, you're gonna know because I'm Gabriel. I showed up to Daniel and now I'm showing up to you. <laughs> Is that proof enough? I stand in the presence of God. Uh, Zechariah, I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. Zechari- Gabriel's a little harsher and more direct with, with Zechariah than he is with Mary. And behold, you'll be silent and unable to speak now until the day that all these things take place because you didn't believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Zechariah, you didn't believe, so you, you're not gonna be able to talk now until the baby's born. Good luck explaining this to your wife. Right? But, but look at his question. I would argue Zechariah's question isn't filled with faith, like wanting clarification from God. Help me understand. It, it was kind of like, oh, come on. I, I'm an old man. My wife's old. He's filled with doubt. I wonder when you question God, how do you question him? He, he welcomes your questions and you should take all your questions to him, big, small, everything in between but question him like Mary does, full of faith, not full of doubt. See, I imagine Mary ponders this for a little while. Okay, Gabriel, I believe you, but can you help me understand how? I'm a virgin. I don't think it works this way. Well, Gabriel does reply to her and Mary showed faithfulness to God's call. She was full of faith. And then we're gonna see she shows courage to actually in the midst of that say yes to God's plan for her life. I wonder when you sense God's call on your life and he calls you to, to do something, to say something, to live out a certain thing by faith, do you, do you go, come on, God, that can't happen. I can't do that. Or do you go, God, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to do that. <laughs> can you help me? Do you see the difference? You can take your doubt to God, but take it to him with faith. And then with courage to say yes to whatever he calls you to. That's what Mary does. Courage, by the way, is the ability to do something that frightens you. the face of pain maybe, or grief or uh, a threat. Here's how the angel answers, here's how Gabriel answers Mary. He doesn't make her quiet for nine months. He says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, separate, different, the son of God. Mary, as a virgin, is gonna give birth to the savior of the world. And um, 
What's curious is that the, the son, Jesus, will be holy. He'll be without sin. He'll be perfect. And, and the, the virgin birth is, is really a core doctrine of Christianity in this way. It shows us that Jesus is not like us. He's God. He wasn't born in the same way, conceived in the same way you and I were. He doesn't have an earthly daddy, biologically at least. He is not like us. Something miraculous happened when he stepped down into history. But the virgin birth also shows us something else, that Jesus is incredibly like us. And that he was born, not conceived in the he was born in the same way, with the same vulnerabilities, with the same weaknesses. By the way, not in a hospital with all kinds of things hooked up to Mary, but in a cave, <laughs> in the trough the animals would have eaten out of. And before Mary can ask another question, he must have seen it on her face. Look what Gabriel says. He goes, and behold, pay attention, Mary, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. She would have uh, lived a number of miles away. It wasn't like today where you can hop in the car or get on your phone and FaceTime with somebody, see him briefly. She hadn't seen Elizabeth, doesn't sound like, for at least six months. And in her old age, she's, she's conceived a son. Well, Elizabeth's husband was a priest in their small synagogue in their town. And as a family, they would have struggled to have children for decades. Everybody knew this. Mary knew it. She's like, whoa, whoa, say that again? Elizabeth? Yeah, and she's actually six months pregnant. So don't take my word for it, go see her. You'll be able to tell. Before Mary could ask, how will this be? Gabriel again, Mary, nothing will be impossible for God. And what is it God's calling you to do? To follow him. Do you have courage to know nothing's impossible with him? Maybe it's the courage to uh, speak to somebody about your faith. Maybe it's the courage to repent. Nothing will be impossible. God can restore that. He can do it. And then look at Mary's response. Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Okay. In other words, yes. Let it be to me according to your word. I just have a feeling there was more to the conversation than we're seeing here. Okay. And then the angel departed from her. She believed the angel's word. She agreed to bear the child. Even under humanly impossible circumstances, even with all kinds of difficult social consequences, a young unwed girl became pregnant and risked disaster. I mean, unless the father, unless Joseph agreed to marry her, she'd probably remain unmarried now for the rest of her life. How was she gonna explain this to Joseph, by the way? What about Joseph's dad? What about her dad? 
No, dad, I'm pregnant. No, it's not. No, uh uh-uh. Nope. Joseph, nope. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, if she was rejected, she could be forced into begging or all kinds of different vices in order to make ends meet. She risked losing Joseph, her family, her reputation, and her story about being made pregnant by the Holy Spirit probably risked her being looked at as crazy too. Still, what'd Mary do? Okay. Let it be according to your word. Yes. And she took the risk of faith. She didn't talk to anybody else. She didn't take the time to weigh all the pros and cons and write them all down. She, she knew God was asking her to serve him and she willingly obeyed. She was faithful and she was courageous. And friends, um, God calls you and I to do the same. I'll leave with one last story and then we're gonna sing and call it a morning. But something for maybe for you to consider of how you could be courageous. A, a verse, I guess I should say really that I'll leave with you. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Uh, Jesus appears to Joshua in the Old Testament and he says, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I grew up in a um, small rural church, in a little town called Hanover. Is to church, probably a lot like Nazareth. Only there was way less than 100 people there at that time. I don't know if anybody lives there other than the pastor at this church. And uh, I got confirmed, you know, confirmation of my faith in eighth grade. And I had to choose a verse. I had to choose a confirmation verse. I didn't know anything from the Bible. So I saw one that said Joshua. And I said, I'll take that one. That's my name. It was Joshua 1.9. Something about me, um, you know, you see me up here talking to everybody. That's not my personality. I'm pretty reserved, I'm pretty quiet. I'm fairly timid, pretty risk averse. You know, you can ask Hannah about that. I'm just kind of quiet. To ever think when I was young that I'd be standing up here as a pastor or that when I chose to follow Christ, uh, some of the disruption it would cause, and I'll spare you the story, but in my own family, I can relate to Mary in some of those ways. But that verse has always stuck with me. If I have a life verse, that's, that's one. Josh, be strong, be courageous, don't be terrified. God's with you wherever you go. And friends, he is for you too. Whatever the call is on your life, whatever the thing is that's out there that seems huge, and I don't know why, trust him, follow him. It probably won't go according to your plan, but God will see you through. Be faithful and courageous. If 14, 15, 13 year old Mary can do it, we can. Let me pray.